Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm Dustin Roberts, the outreach minister here on staff, and for the next half hour, I'll also be your host as Rabbi Schneider explains why God sent Jesus into the world. All right, lots of people know John 3:16. Even if they haven't gone to church, it says for God so loved the world that he sent his son, and anyone who believes in Jesus will have eternal life. But couldn't Jesus have accomplished God's goals without dying? Well, our message today is titled Jesus the Transformer. And if you'd like to take notes on this topic, download Rabbi's study guide online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. So let's get started. Here is Rabbi Schneider. We're gonna move forward right now and continue with Jesus's, with Yeshua's words in the Gospel of John, chapter three, verse number 13. Hear the word of God. Jesus says, No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. I want to talk about this concept for a second. Jesus said no one has ascended into heaven. He's speaking of the very part of God's presence, except he who descended from heaven, even speaking of himself, the Son of Man. Do you know that when Jesus descended from heaven, he bridged a gap for you and I between us and God. You see, the Lord said in the Hebrew Bible, in the Torah, in the Tanakh, that no one could see God and live. God's power is too big. He is the uncreated one that has always been. We're just his creation. So you and I aren't built to fully absorb him in all his power, in all his glory, in all his dimension. So what Jesus did in descending from heaven, being born of flesh, in other words, coming down as God, taking upon himself human flesh, what he did, beloved, is he created a way that we could approach God through him and still be alive, number one, but secondly, actually be in relationship with God through him. You see, let's say that you had a very low-powered electrical device and that low-powered electrical device couldn't absorb all the electricity in the electrical socket. We, for example, have to do this when we travel around the world. A lot of their electrical devices are not 110 or 120 as we have in the States, but they're 220. So what we have to do is we have to take what's called a transformer with us. We can't plug our device right into their electrical socket because it would just disintegrate our electrical device. We plug our device into the transformer and then plug the transformer into the wall. And what the transformer does is it dials down the electrical voltage and then makes it something that our smaller device can receive. And that's what Jesus did. He descended from heaven, beloved, so that you and I could be in communion with God himself. I love it. And being God, he fully relates to God. But being man, he fully relates to us. So he becomes a bridge between God and man. I love it. And we love you, Lord Jesus. Let's continue on. Next verse. Jesus goes on. He's speaking to Nicodemus here. Remember, we saw Nicodemus, one of the Jewish leaders, came to him by night and opened up a spiritual dialogue with him, saying, you know, I know you're from God because of the miracles you're doing. 
Then Jesus begins to challenge him. Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. Nicodemus, don't you understand these things? You're a teacher of Israel. Jesus is going to continue to pour life and revelation into Nicodemus. Let's continue on with the 14th verse. Jesus says this to this Jewish ruler. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. So what's happening here? We've been describing through John's gospel the Hebrew roots that are revealed to us in John's gospel. Of course, Nicodemus, he was all about Moses, all the Jewish people. Moses was their leading figure. You know, they said to Jesus in other places of Scripture, you know, we're Moses' disciples. They knew Moses' ministry very well. So Jesus says this to Nicodemus. He said, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what is he talking about? He's talking about where there was a plague of serpents that were biting the Jewish people because of their disobedience, and they were dying by the thousands. So quick, a huge plague had overtaken them. But what did God tell Moses to do? Moses, listen, I'm going to tell you how to stop this. I want you to take a bronze serpent, put it on a staff, and lift it up. And whoever looks at that serpent won't die. And so God stops the plague in this way. So Jesus says to Nicodemus, even as Moses took the bronze serpent, put it on the staff, and lifted it up to save the people, so too, Jesus said, I must be lifted up. And when I'm lifted up, Jesus said, I'm going to give eternal life to everyone that will believe me and receive me. Jesus was lifted up on the cross. He's lifted up through the preaching of the gospel. He's lifted up whenever the gospel is proclaimed. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that whosoever believes will in him have eternal life. Now let's continue with the next verse. Most famous verse in the Word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is an important concept. The concept, beloved ones, just the simple elementary truth, God so loved the world. Some people think of God, you know, as just angry and vindictive and, you know, just waiting to strike someone down and punish them for their sin, you know, walking around in condemnation. But God sent Jesus into the world not to condemn, but to save, right? And if God was going to condemn We'd all be condemned because all of us are guilty in terms of having committed serious sin in God's eyes and having offended him. But God didn't send the Son in the world to judge you, but because he loves you and wants to save you. And notice also that Jesus says here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Who is God here? It's the Father, right? It's Father God. Jesus said he came to do the will of the Father, that the Father is the one that sent him. Remember when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out to the Father. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The Father himself, Jesus said, loves us. So the Father loves you. And because Father God loves you, he sent Jesus into the world for you. Sometimes, as the church, we put so much emphasis on Jesus, which we absolutely should, but sometimes we forget that it's the Father that sent Jesus, that it's because of the Father's love for us that Jesus came. So Jesus says here, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I just feel right now that the Father, through the Holy Spirit and Jesus, is knocking at the door of some of your hearts, that you're experiencing in a real way this revelation that it's the Father that sent Jesus for you, that the Father loves you, and that you've been chosen to be a son or a daughter of the Father. You perhaps heard about Jesus before, but you never really got the revelation that's the Father that sent Jesus for you, that it's the Father's love that brought Jesus into the world for you, and that the Father wants to bring you to himself. Remember, Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And so you see, the Father is drawing us to himself. And I just want to invite you right now, if you're feeling the love of Father, the wooing of Father, if you're feeling Father's immense love for you right now, I want to encourage you, just open your heart to him. Just say, Father God, forgive me for not realizing how much you love me. I believe you love me now. And Jesus, I receive you into my heart to bring me to the Father. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son to die on the cross for my sins and for bringing me to yourself through him. I repent. I turn my life over to you now, Jesus. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And Rabbi will be right back. So please keep listening. Did you know that you can connect with Rabbi right on your phone? The Rabbi Schneider app is packed with resources, videos, and a daily devotional that are designed to help jumpstart your day. The Rabbi Schneider app is free, bringing you inspiration and encouragement 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Simply search for Rabbi Schneider in your phone's app store and download the app today. We are so thankful for everyone who gives a financial gift of support to this ministry. And perhaps today is the day that you decide that you would like to deepen your commitment to discovering the Jewish Jesus. The best way to do that is to sign up to become a monthly partner at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or you can call us at 800-777-7835. Together, we can help others prepare for Jesus' return. And now let's get back into the second half of today's message. Let's continue on. Verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. In other words, God hasn't sent Jesus to judge us. He sent Jesus to save us because he loves us. He sent Jesus, beloved, to die on the cross for you because he loves you. Continuing on. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In other words, beloved, regardless of what sin you or I have committed, when we receive Jesus into our life and truly repent, we say, Jesus, I want to live for you. Help me to live for you. And we mean it. And we're seriously trying to follow him. The Bible says you're not going to be judged. Why? Because God already judged Jesus for your sin. He's not going to judge you too. When the Lord looked away from Jesus, when Jesus was on the cross and Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? Your sin was judged there. The abandonment that you would have felt had Jesus not died in your place, that abandonment, beloved, was experienced by Jesus for you. 
That's why one of my favorite verses in the New Testament comes from Corinthians, and it says, speaking of Jesus, that he that knew no sin became sin on our behalf, on your behalf and my behalf, that we could become the righteousness of God. So there's no judgment of you. Jesus has given you his righteousness. He took your sin, then he died on the cross for the death that you should have had to die. And in his place, he gave you his righteousness that you did nothing to deserve. It's the divine exchange of mercy and grace. And so Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to judge the world. I came into the world to save the world. And this helps us to know how to relate to people because when we understand God's love for us, it helps us to understand how we ought to walk in terms of our love for one another. You see, Jesus said, what use is it if you love only your friends? He said, even sinners love their friends. He said, I've called you to love your enemies. In other words, we were enemies of God because we were in rebellion against him. We were living in offense against him, but God's love is so great and his compassion is so deep that he loved us, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners. So God is challenging us. Now listen, if you just love your friends, you're like sinners, you're no different than anybody else. Why do we love our friends? We love our friends because they make us feel good. People love their friends because they're affirmed by their friends, right? The being around their friends makes them feel good. Jesus said, that's nothing to just love your friends. Everybody loves their friends. Jesus said, I'm calling you to a higher dimension. I'm calling you to agape love, to divine love. I'm calling you to love your enemies even as I died on the cross for you when you were living in rebellion against me. And so we want to elevate ourselves by God's Spirit to being able to operate in grace towards people even when they've offended us. And here's an important secret to understand. We can't look to other people to affirm us nor can we look to other people to affirm our identities. Because the reality is the people around us, by and large, they're not concerned about us, they're not thinking about us, and their responses to us are not about us, it's about them, they're all about themselves. But we so often are getting offended with people around us because we're taking everything they do personally. But beloved, we need to understand that it's not about us, it's about them. They're trapped, they're lost, just like Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the way that they treat you is no indication of who you are. If we're gonna take our cues as to who we are by looking to other people to tell us who we are, by the way they speak to us, by the way we treat us, we're always gonna be trapped and we're always gonna be suffering. Beloved, Jesus and the Father have already affirmed us. We're chosen in him, we're loved by him. And knowing this will help us to love the people around us even as it helped Jesus to love the people around him when he died on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I'm just simply making the point that the love that God has for us, it's not because we loved him first. He loved us when we were yet sinners. And he sent his son for us when we were in rebellion against him. And God is calling us to live in this kind of love and in this kind of power. Let's continue on. Verse number 18. He who believes in him, speaking of Jesus, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. 
For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. What's going on here? I know in my own life, beloved, that before I knew Jesus, if I heard somebody talking about God, I mean, I would just feel hatred in my heart towards them. I mean, even though I always believed in God, if there was someone walking around that was talking about God all the time, I thought, you're so weak. Something in me hated them. Why? Because the enemy was in my heart and there was evilness in me. And because of that, I hated the light. People that reject God, they hate the light. They hate Jesus. They hate people that talk about Jesus. But I want you to know, beloved, those people in whom their heart has been touched by the Holy Spirit, they come to the light. Why? Because there's light that's at work in their hearts. The darkness hates the light. The Bible says that the light shines in the darkness, John 1, 5, and the darkness can never comprehend it, nor can the darkness ever extinguish it. So I want you to know, you are light that's shining in the darkness, and you can't ever be afraid of the darkness. Don't ever be afraid of the people around you. Don't ever be afraid or intimidated by the people that try to intimidate you by putting you down or putting down your faith, because the darkness hates the light. But the truth is, beloved, the light shines in the darkness. Don't ever back up. What you have is greater than what the world has. Let's continue on. After these things, verse 22, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea and there he was spending time with them and baptizing. And I just love this concept that Jesus was simply spending time with his disciples. I love this simple sense of friendship that we get here. Did you know that John the Baptist, as he was introducing Jesus, they asked John the Baptist, they said to him, are you the Messiah? John said, no, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just the friend of the bridegroom. And the bridegroom that he was speaking of, beloved ones, was Jesus himself. Jesus is the bridegroom that we're getting ready to be married to. And so I want you to see that there's this sense of love, this sense of intimacy, this sense of being married to King Jesus as his bride and beloved ones, this sense of friendship. The gospel that we're looking at today, we're looking at the last verse which concludes, Jesus simply spent time with his disciples. I wanna ask you a question. Is Jesus the same for you and I today? Does he simply just wanna spend time with us? Is he waiting for us to just simply get alone they just sit down on a couch or a chair to take a walk and say, Jesus, I love you. I want to know you better. Jesus, I just want to spend time with you. Sometimes we have to make a conscious decision, beloved ones, to spend time with them. Sometimes it's an act of the will on our part to come out of the world. Just like Jesus, we read in the Gospels, he oftentimes went by himself to a mountain to pray. I want you to know, Yeshua, Jesus loves you and he wants to spend time with you. Take time to be with them. Start today, make it a habit. I tell you, it's gonna come back to you, pressed down, good measure, running over into your lap, and you're gonna know that Jesus loves you. 
You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. And to not only hear Rabbi preach and teach on your local radio station, but to see him as well, then let me invite you to visit our YouTube channel. To learn more, just go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And then while you're on our website, be sure to discover how you can partner with us this year. Now here's Rabbi once again to share what's on his heart with you as you prayerfully and financially support this nonprofit ministry. The greatest gift, beloved, that you could ever give somebody is to lead them to Yeshua, to Jesus. With your continued financial support, I am reaching 99% of homes in Israel that have television sets. In the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 25 through 27, Paul shared how the Macedonian church, which were Gentiles, gave him a love gift to help him reach the saints in Jerusalem. You are doing the same thing today conceptually. You're allowing me to help people in Jerusalem by broadcasting the gospel, beloved, into all of Israel. I want you to know, every dollar that you give of your money with the right heart towards the spreading of the gospel, it will be rewarded at Jesus' return. I believe that as things get more difficult on planet Earth, more Jewish people will receive the Lord. Will you help me reach them? You can give a gift of any amount by calling 800-777-7835 or by giving online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. As a token of our appreciation for your generous financial gifts, we'll send you a select audio CD of Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month. And it's also available as a digital download along with our current newsletter. And then before we close today, I want to let you know that if you made a decision today to believe in Jesus, knowing that he created a way to bridge the gap between us and the Father, then we'd like to know so that we can walk with you in this new life. You can connect with us today when you visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Just click the link on our homepage with the heart that says, Find Jesus. And there you'll see a couple of informative videos along with a prayer request form. Simply fill out the form and we'll send you two books to help you navigate your journey of faith. One is titled, Now What? A Guide for the New Christian, and the other is called The Gospel of John. These books are yours free just for letting us be a part of this special moment in your life. You can also connect with us by writing to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. And finally, you can call us. We'll be happy to talk to you and encourage you in spending some time with God to develop your new sense of identity and purpose. The number to dial is 888-MY-RABBI. That's 888-MY-R-A-B-B-I. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. Right now, though, let's wrap up today's message, Jesus the Transformer, from our series, Mysteries in the Gospel of John, with a special blessing, here is Rabbi Schneider. The words from the ironic blessing in the book of Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27, helps us to realize how good God is to you and I personally. So receive his blessing into your life, and then, beloved one, go bless somebody else in Jesus' name today. Yavah Vayishmarecha Yair Yahweh 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider shares the next level of Christianity. That's coming up Thursday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.